Hello, word nerds. How are you doing today? Should we do a little ASMR? No, I think I said that before and I was like, no, that's a bad idea. Uh, well, anyway, hi, how are you doing? It's, it's the podcast. It's time. I don't know. I'm just trying to uh, make this more entertaining for me and hopefully for you. Uh, so should we talk about some words? Okay. Oh, this is stupid, but um, I'm recording this on February 2nd, 2020. And if you write the numbers out, I think in any way, either the European way or the American way, it comes out to be a palindrome. And I like palindromes, so there you go. So, the first word for this episode is bakeware, B-A-K-E-W-A-R-E. It is a noun from 1946, dishes used for baking and serving food. Next is baking powder, two words. It is a noun from 1850. I always get confused uh, with what the difference is between this one and the next one, which you can probably guess, but we'll get there. So baking powder is a powder used as a leavening agent in making baked goods as quick breads that typically consists of sodium bicarbonate, an acidic substance as cream of tartar, and starch or flour. So, typically consists of sodium bicarbonate, acidic substance, and starch or flour. Uh, cream of tartar. I don't know. I know there's tartar sauce. I've heard of cream of tartar. Um, I don't know. I think most people just say tartar, tartar, but it's fun to say tartar. Okay, next is sodium bicarbonate. No, it's baking soda. So, those are the two things I get confused. Uh, but it looks like, based on the last definition... Uh, well, let me just tell you this one. It is a noun from 1862, and the synonym is sodium bicarbonate, or bicarbonate. Uh, and it looks like uh, baking powder made to make goods that usually have both baking powder and baking soda in them. Uh, okay, it's one of these, I think, that you can make that weird Newtonian substance. It's like you mix baking soda or baking powder and water or something like that. Maybe there's flour, too. I'm not sure. And it, if you have the right ratios, you can. Um, if you just hold it in your hand, it becomes a liquid. But then if you put any force onto it, like if you squeeze it or punch it or throw it on the floor, um, it, becomes, it becomes very hard. Uh, and I don't remember. Maybe maybe I'll go look up. Hey, Spencer, go look up how to make this. Uh, what is it called? A non-Newtonian liquid or something like that? Uh, look up how to make that and put that link that of, to the recipe in the episode description. So if you want to make some of this stuff, uh, which you probably made in science class, uh, it's cool and fun. I don't know if you can eat it, though. <clears throat> that might not be good. So don't do that. Okay, next we have baklava. B-A-K-L-A-V-A. A couple different ways to pronounce it. It is a noun from 1653. A dessert made of thin pastry, nuts, and honey. And uh, technically, I'm not supposed to eat honey, which I really don't. I mean, every once in a while, I'll accidentally have a little bit of it. Um, again, that's just because I'm vegan. But um, every once in a while, I do see a vegan baklava with no honey in it. And it is so, so tasty and so sweet. It's so good. Uh, this is a Turkish word, by the way. Next, we have bakshish, B-A-K-S-H-E-E-S-H. It is a noun from circa 1760. Payment as a tip or bribe to expedite service. Bakshish. Uh, so this is Persian from bakshish, spelled differently, from bakshidan, 
which means to give, and it is akin to the Greek word phagein. Oh, you know what? I just realized I screwed something up. I think it was the last episode. Yep, uh, the word bake. Uh, as I was reading the etymology, um, I said I said it was from the German fogin, but it was actually the Greek word fogin. I don't know why I didn't put that together at the time. Anyway, uh, so this is bakshish. It is akin to the Greek word phagin, which means to eat. Um, also from the Sanskrit bajati, which means he allots, like A-L-L-O-T-S. Um, so that is what bakshish is. Next, we have BAL, B-A-L. It is an abbreviation for BALANCE. Next, we have B-A-L, all caps. It is a noun from 1942, and we just have the synonym. What is this word? Dimmercapril, or dimercapril, one of those, D-I-M-E-R-C-A-P-R-O-L. This is from the B in British, the A in anti, and the L in lewisite, so British anti-lewisite. I don't know what it is, but it has something to do with dimer caprol, and I don't know what that is either. Next, we have Balaam, capital B-A-L-A-A-M. It is a noun from before the 12th century. An Old Testament prophet who is reproached by the ass he is riding and rebuked by God's angel while on the way to meet with an enemy of Israel. There's a lot going on there. So I guess he's riding on an ass, which is like a donkey kind of thing. Uh, We read that in the A's, and uh, he was reproached by it. And there's some other stuff too. This is Greek from the Hebrew bilam, B-I-L apostrophe A-M. And I know it's probably not an apostrophe, but that's what I know it as. Next, we have balaklava. Uh, This is a noun from 1941. A knit cap for the head and neck, called also balaclava helmet. This is from Balaclava Crimea, which is a site of a British encampment during the Crimean War. So they probably wore that on their head and neck. I want to go see a picture. Come, come join me. Let's go look at a picture together. Next, we have balalaika. Oh, by the way, balaclava is B-A-L-A-C-L-A-V-A. And balalaika is B-A-L-A-L-A-I-K-A. It is a noun from 1780. A usually three-stringed instrument of Russian origin with a triangular body played by plucking or strumming. I think the first time... I heard this word balalaika was, no, actually, you know what? That is not what I'm thinking of. That was something else. Ignore me. Uh, This is a Russian word, by the way. Next, we have balance. It is the first form of two, and it is the last word of the day. We are going to do both forms in this episode, though. B-A-L-A-N-C-E. It is a noun from the 13th century. One, an instrument for weighing. Like, like, how much do you weigh? An instrument for weighing as, 1A, a beam that is supported freely in the center and has two pans of equal weight suspended from its ends. When uh, my grandparents were moving out of their house into this, um, sort of into basically a nursing home, uh, they had all these old things um, that you know we uh, we all grew up with, and so they were you know trying to get th- get rid of things. And one of the things I took was this old balance that they had. Um, 
I don't even know how old it is. It it's got to be it's got to be maybe a hundred years old. I don't know. I'll have to look at it and see if I can figure that out. Um, but they they had it. Um, I remember playing around with it when I was a kid. There, there's little the little weights are on there, and they sort of nestle into each other. And uh, you know, I never used it for any practical purposes, but it was just one of those sentimental things that uh, just reminded me of my childhood. And it's relatively small, which is nice. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. Um, that's one of the things that I, uh, I had to hold on to. Um, okay, so that was balance. That was 1A. 1B. Uh, let's see. A device that uses the elasticity of a spiral spring for measuring weight or force. Number two. A means of judging or deciding. Number three. A counterbalancing weight, force, or influence. Four. An oscillating wheel operating with a hairspring to regulate the movement of a timepiece. 5A. Stability produced by even distribution of weight on each side of the vertical axis. 5B. Equipoise. Is that how you say that word? Equipoise between contrasting, opposing, or interacting elements. Equipoise is spelled E-Q-U-I-P-O-I-S-E. 5C, equality between the totals of the two sides of an account. 6A, an aesthetically pleasing integration of elements. 6B, the juxtaposition in writing of syntactically parallel constructions containing similar or contrasting ideas. I feel like that sentence was way more intelligent um, than, than I can understand. It was a very smart sentence. 7a physical equilibrium or equilibrium 7b the ability to retain one's balance 8a weight or force of one side in excess of another 8b something left over synonym is remainder 8c an amount in excess especially on the credit side of an account 9 mental and emotional steadiness Balanced is an adjective. We have a phrase in the balance or in balance, and that means with the fate or outcome about to be determined, as in our future hangs in the balance as we wait his decision. Next, we have a phrase. It is on balance. With all things considered, that's the definition, and we have an example. The meeting went well on balance. The meeting went well, all things considered. Now we have the second form of balance. It is a verb from 1588. First, we have the transitive definitions. 1A1. To compute, yeah, to compute the difference between the debit, the debt, oh my, by God, my mouth can't speak. To compute the difference between the debits and credits of an account. 1A2. To pay the amount due on. Synonym is settle. 1B1. To arrange so that one set of elements equally equals another, as in, balance a mathematical equation. 1b2. To complete a chemical equation so that the same number of atoms and electric charges of each kind appears on this on each side. And I remember taking chemistry class, and that was a when when he described it to us, my teacher, who was a really awesome teacher, I think he was Mr. Carpenter. Um, the carpenter was a chemistry teacher. Uh, it's very similar to the previous definition of um, 
completing a, a mathematical equation. That's basically what a lot of it is, is, you know, doing the math and uh, trying to make things match on either side. Anyway, 2A, we have these synonyms counterbalance and offset. 2B, to equal or equalize in weight, number, or proportion. 3, to weigh in or as if in a balance. 4A, to bring to a state or position of equipoise. Or, or equipoise, there's that word again. Uh, 4B, to poise in or as if in in balance. Or as if in balance. I, I had an extra in. 4C, to bring into harmony or proportion. Now we have the transit, or no, sorry, intransitive definitions. 1, to become balanced or established in balance. 2, to be an equal counterpoise. And that's the only... It's another one with poise at the end. It's mu I don't know any other way to pronounce it. Number three, we have the number one definition for the word waiver. W-A-V-E-R. Not like you sign a waiver, but like you're waving at your friend and you're a waiver. Um, as in, balances and temporizes on matters that demand action. So those were all the words. Uh, a lot of good ones in here, actually. Uh, but I'm going to pick balance as the word of the episode because a thing I think about a lot is nature and the universe and everything is always trying to get in balance. Uh, that's sort of how the world works. There's positives and negatives and good and bad and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think a lot about that symbol yin-yang, um, I want to say yin-yang, but I think it's officially pronounced yin-yang. Um, and that's just a really good metaphor for what the world is. The world, nature, universe, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use. Um, it's, it's always trying to get in balance. And climate change is happening. And the reason we are having all of these bad problems, uh, you know, the, the, simple ex um, the simple description from what, how I understand it, is that the reason we're having all of these natural problems, tornadoes and fires and floods and things like that, is because the world, Mother Nature, is trying to get back in balance. And everything is screwing up. Humans are screwing everything up. And it nature has no choice but to react in these ways. Uh, and so the more we don't fix things, the more those problems are going to happen. And, uh, you know, I would rather have not that happen. I, I don't want that to happen. And I don't want uh, the younger people to have to deal with that stuff. Uh, so that is the word of the episode, balance. Um, that, that's all I got to say. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer reading the dictionary. Uh, goodbye.